Good morning. Welcome to Emmett Audio. I'm going to cover up most of my phone with my t-shirt here because it's raining. And I'm going to trust that I'm not turning off the thing. We'll see. Maybe this will all be in vain. Um, been having a nice steady rain all last night and into today, which is perfect because I actually watered the garden yesterday during the day, which means that this rain will now soak down further and really recharge the soil. If I hadn't watered the garden, then the rain that we had wouldn't have sunk in as deep. So that's actually really good for the garden as long as we don't get drenching rain that'll leach nutrients out of the soil down where the plants can't get them. So it might be that after this rain will go around and plants that look like they need a little extra juice, I'll give them some fish fertilizer or maybe hoe in a little bit of fertilizer around them just to make sure they've got what they need. Anyway, I love falling asleep to the rain, the sound of the rain outside. And last night, well, yesterday afternoon, I was able to work out in the afternoon and then do a cold plunge right after work um, because Cecilia handled the afternoon dog walk. So that was really nice. And I had high hopes for the evening. Um, I went to bed, or high hopes for the night. I went to bed early, 9.30, and thought, you know, it's going to be great. I'm going to fall asleep. And I get like a deep sleep with the rain outside. And instead, I woke up a couple times in the middle of the night just uncomfortable, having a hard time falling back asleep, mind racing. I, you know, it wasn't like I, I didn't eat late in the evening. I didn't drink coffee late in the day. Um, perhaps the... Perhaps the workout in the afternoon as opposed to in the morning uh, set me up for that I, I don't know but this morning I decided I was going to do everything I could to make sure that I sleep well tonight so I stripped and remade the bed with fresh sheets and pillowcases I got rid of the flowers by the side of the bed and cut a new bouquet from the garden I'm going to be cleaning the house today because it's a Tuesday and I'll be doing the upstairs because it's the upstairs week, and I'll be putting special attention into sort of scrubbing down areas that feel like they might impact my ability to just fall asleep. I don't have any larger stress or worry on my mind, um, but I do think that it's helpful when you're having trouble sleeping to do all of the little things that might help you fall asleep, like fresh linens, fresh flowers, uh, generally cleaning out the, the clutter of life. So last night at dinner, we watched the second episode of Marie Kondo's new show, which is called Spark Joy. For those of you who don't know who Marie Kondo is, she's this Japanese woman who was a sensation about 10 years ago with a book called The Life-Changing Joy of Tidying Up or something like that. And then she had a show on Netflix 
last year, two years ago, called Tidying Up, where she went to people's houses and helped them tidy up. And this show, it is, I think the point of this show is less about people's individual homes and more about other spaces. So the one from yesterday was her helping this father-son seed nursery, seedling nursery in Los Angeles clean up uh, their business. And that got me thinking a lot about, you know, my own experience cleaning up and and also and especially sort of creating a streamlined business that works well because it's the energy is flowing in the appropriate ways. So I've had several businesses over the years, vegetable farm that we took over for a little bit, Christmas tree farm that we still have, scientific editing business, which doesn't really count because it was all on the computer, and my spoon carving business. And I will say that I've noticed a distinct difference in the feel of these businesses when I have had, first of all, dedicated workspaces that I use for these businesses, specifically for the work that happens in the businesses. All of them Well, let's just take the Christmas tree farm and the spoon carving business, which I still have and are probably the best examples I have of this at work, because the vegetable farm was still largely the previous owner's system. Both of my two businesses that I currently have started with uh, essentially just sort of started with no dedicated space at all. They started in the kitchen. They started just sort of using whatever I had. The Christmas tree farm, on the Christmas tree farm itself, there was this big barn that was full of junk from 25 years of having tenants live in the farmhouse. There was a garden shed full of the same. We, over the years, cleared them out and used them for anything from hanging poles of finished wreaths to uh, workbench for actually tying the wreaths, but all of those things started very haphazardly with spaces that were essentially reclaimed, but not fully reclaimed. And so it was, you were constantly sort of dealing with the junk, the detritus of all the stuff that came before. And the same thing with the spoon carving business. It started in the kitchen, started with an axe block in the driveway. All of the space was essentially cobbed together from previous spaces. And then what I was able to do with both businesses over the years, come here dog, come here, I'm going to unleash you, uh, was to, come on, was to create dedicated spaces for the work that needed to happen. And what I found when I did that, what I found when I did that, sorry, I had to get everything squared away for driving back to the house. Um, was that I was able to create a dedicated space. And that was really nice. But that very quickly, 
those dedicated spaces became clogged up with the detritus of years past. And you don't think with every passing year that, you know, why should there be uh, anything accumulating from year to year if the whole business is just a flow of inputs and outputs. But it's all those little odds and ends, you know, it's the tool you thought you were gonna need, but then didn't, it's the old tool that's been replaced, but you still keep it around, it's the box or bag of this or that that you thought you were gonna take home, but then you didn't. Stuff, stuff piles up and it piles up over time. And by definition, the stuff that does pile up is not actually stuff that you need. It's actually the stuff that you didn't need. That's why it's stuck around. And both of my workspaces are quite small. Both of the dedicated workspaces for the farm are quite small. Um, the, the Christmas tree farm, it's a seven by 14 foot hut on wheels. And so that can be quite cramped. Um, and it's trying to do a lot. And my shop at home is 10 by 12 feet. By the time I got around to making my shop at home, I, I was able to sort of see how the little hut on wheels at the Christmas tree farm, how it, it worked well, but it worked best when it felt uncluttered. And that was hard to do unless I was very vigilant about removing the things that weren't used all the time. And what I found is that you need some form of secondary storage, whether it's a, a shed, an additional shed, or uh, in the case of the spoon carving business, sorry, I'll roll up the windows here. I'm sure it's a little hard to hear me. Um, in the case of the spoon carving business, um, it's a dresser in my, well, in a work desk in my office in the upstairs landing of the house. And, but the dresser is really where, you know, a lot of the overflow stuff goes that I don't want to keep in the shop. And what I've really tried to push for in the shop and to a this slightly lesser extent at the Christmas tree farm is just nothing is in there that doesn't get used every week. If I don't use something every week, doesn't get stored there um, and that's not 100% true there's still like a drawer full of pens and pencils and stuff that I rarely go into so there's there's more work that could be done um, but in general it feels so good to have a space that is completely and utterly dedicated to the purpose uh, for which it was built it actually makes me more inclined to use it at times for other purposes because it doesn't, it feels so inviting and open and free. And when you think about, you know, what is your life? Your life is primarily your daily minute to minute experience. And if you have a workspace, whether it's just your desk at work, or let's say you have a, a workbench at work, you know, my sister's a lab scientist, so less so now, but it used to be that her workbench was her workspace, or, uh, I don't know, you work on a factory and you have a cart that's all your stuff. The more you keep it sort of free of things that don't get used all the time, and make it so that it's exactly what you need for 90% of the stuff, and then you can go somewhere else for the other 10%, get what you need, 
uh, I don't like thinking in terms of energy, but I, but I do think it's like the energy flows around and your daily minute to minute experience is vastly different than if you don't take those steps to keep things clean. And this is part of why, as someone who works from home, I found it so liberating to be the one who actually cleaned our house. Because I can combine physically cleaning, like vacuuming and wiping things down, with tidying up in a way that wasn't going to happen with someone doing it for us. Um, and I just, that was, that was a really powerful change in my own life because it made me recognize that um, I did a poor job backing into the parking spot here. Um, it, it made me realize that you know, my own daily existence is being around the house and to the extent that I to the extent that I take that seriously and take responsibility for making that daily experience one that feels like it has the right amount of openness and energy to it, um, I'm the one that reaps the rewards. And then I get to create that as well for my family, but, but frankly, it's for me. So I'm going to go do that right now. I'm going to start by scrubbing out the shower. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk tomorrow.